and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. I am truly unprepared this week. I was so caught up in uh, the busyness of things that I was like, "Oh wait a minute! I forgot to actually set up my my uh, my stream setup." So for now, you have a secret, uh, unknown guest uh, going to be revealed in but a moment. But, you know, it's the show. It's in the Apocalypse Radio. I'm definitely always 100% ready to go. That's the, the, the tent mark, the landmark of the show. Where are all these messages? My God, I have too many emails open. But uh, I'm Andrew. I'm the host of, you know, that aforementioned Indie Apocalypse. I come on the show. I hang out and I talk to guests. Uh, and our first guest, you, I, I got into our first guest who you may know um, from the internet, uh, not from Indie Apocalypse. Like, folks, we do still have them occasionally, non Indie Apocalypse guests. I know it is a uh, rarer occasion, but, uh, oops, nope. Uh, on 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 s- such occasion, we occasionally will. I'll, I'll sneak a. Uh, I was let's say Indie adjacent guest on there, and uh, you may know this guest from. I would say most likely. Uh, in terms of this co-host with uh, Indie Games of co-host, it is up. Uh, here's the other fun part where I uh, go. I for, did, forgot to ask, I guess, how to say their name, and I go, uh, Kyle Labriola? You nailed it. Oh, my God, yes. With, with longer names, there is always the... the, the uh, the, th- the worry, like, do you go t- too spicy or did you not add enough spice? And I added this. I think, efficient... I, I, think le- I think less spice is usually the safer route. Yes, it is. But often I feel is also incorrect because it feels like the <laughs> the uh, the clumsy American English version of it. Right. Correct. But now you nailed it. Oh, perfect. Hello, Kyle. Welcome to the show. This is kind of like I don't know. This is my uh, uh, one-for-you, one-for-me style of interviewing where it's like, oh, someone's interviewed me. Now I can talk to them because I don't feel like it's soft payola to befriend them before they discuss things with me. You know how those sort of things go. Um, uh, Welcome to the show. Uh, Important question. Uh, The people are always dying to know. Now, you didn't join Indie Apocalypse, but you still presumably heard about it at some point. So I got to know. How did you hear about uh, Indie Apocalypse? Uh, I definitely heard about it multiple times. Uh, I think through like retweets. I think it's like that that old advertising sort of mantra that if you just see something in your periphery enough times, you'll have a positive association with it. So I just kept seeing Indie Apocalypse over and over again. I think it was like Austin Walker retweets or Michael Lutz. Well, let's, and then let's not go crazy. <laughs> Those guys are touching it. <laughs> Uh, someone, someone did. And then, did you have? Was there a Casey Green promo image or something, or yes. something that looked like Casey Green? Yeah. No. Okay, that was the one. That yes. was the one I saw a lot. Casey Green. Well, because Casey Green uh, originally uh, created my uh, looking for submissions page, so that one that one pops up every week and then so, or every month and then sometimes multiple times a month because I'm looking for submissions. All right, so you have you have Casey Green to thank for the for the fact that I'm here. Oh, perfect. Working as intended <laughs> in, in getting you to uh, drawing your attention to uh, uh, presumably to submit, but in this case, just drawing your attention. Yes, it definitely drew my attention. Like I said, you see it enough times, it's like 
bounty paper towel. You're like, well, then I'll just, I, it must be good, right? I've heard about it a million no, times. No, I've, there was a time where Twitch was running those ads about those people with the bounty paper towels and it drove me insane. <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't even, I don't, I generally don't even have audio on, but just like seeing it and like imagining them talking in streamer voice was driving me insane. Well, I'll say Indiepocalypse is not there yet. It's not at the advertising saturation. You're not exhausted with it yet. <laughs> no, not yet. Well, I'll get you somewhere. I'll get it. I'll get you there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get everyone there eventually. No, I've uh, I'm running into my own saturation problems in a weird way. Uh, with Indiepocalypse or with something else? No, no, with with uh. No, Indiepocalypse, I guess. We're more that it's, uh, there's a lot of them, and I don't know what to do with them all now. That's true. I, I was thinking about that when I was looking at the page, and I'm like, man, there's like 37 of these things, 38. Yeah. Technically, Foundish Issues, there's 40 of them. Well, you could do you could do what Jackbox started doing, which is when they made too many Jackbox party packs, you just start, like, bundling them together into, like, here's one through five, here's uh, six Never. through ten. Never. I will, <laughs> I will never give in to gamer bargain deals. Well, think of it more as like a like an omnibus, like a sort of, you know, here's One Piece volumes 1 through 60. <sighs> That's But they're always printed on worse paper. Or, or, <laughs> I, unless you're getting a, 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 what's it called? I mean, they all call them different things, but a nice hardcover version. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll need to find a nice hardcover version of Indie Apocalypse, where somehow you're buying five of them but it costs you more money <laughs> also now that i'm thinking harder about it i'm gonna take back my joke because yeah. when i opened the launcher of any apocalypse i was very relieved that there weren't that many things in the launcher yeah yeah there's only 10 or 11 technically if you count the zine 12 if you count electric zine maker generally speaking it was it was very it was very sort of approachable to actually browse them all yeah that's uh much thanks to ash k and all the different collaborators who made uh that uh, mm bundle launcher which is it uh, goes a long way to helping Indie Apocalypse look presentable. It's a lot better than just looking through like a zip. Oh yeah, that's what it was for. Uh, I don't know, maybe half a year or more. <laughs> I don't have the tech know-how to build something like that, nor to the, especially back then. I was like, I don't have the budget to <laughs> pay someone. That thing sounds. That's the kind of thing in my mind that sounds like it's very expensive. Yeah, it sounds impossible. Right, but actually, it's actually very easy. Uh, actually, I don't know how difficult it was to make, but it's very easy to use. It was easy. It was easy for you to tell someone else to do it. Oh no, I didn't tell them. It just came up one day. Oh, all right. One day, one day, they just contacted me and be like, "Hey, I made this thing," and I was like, "That's, that's even easier." Yeah, yeah, and I and I recommend it to people constantly, uh, uh, especially at events, especially when I see like students because they're like, "Hey." Because there's no good way to make a, like a portfolio if you're like a game development student, except there is now because you can send people that launcher. And you can, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. You get a background image. You can dress it up all cool like it has um like sidebar text now that it, it didn't originally have. Mm -hmm. So you can put like, oh, here's my thoughts on this game I made as a student, or I just put in what the game is, and it's all very cool. It's very. Uh, it's a very cool, interesting thing, and I like. It's a sign that the the PlayStation One demo discs are coming back. <laughs> yeah, I've thought about a lot about demo disc conceptions, and like, there's a specific memory of uh, 
I think it was like Soul Reaver and then some weird PS1 to RTS thing. We're, <laughs> we're both on like the on the disc for Gex Three, and that, that's amazing. There's I like that idea of like you buy. Uh, I don't. I guess there if there are more like micro micro publishers, it would make sense for them to do this sort of thing. But the idea of like I bought an indie game and then I got two other like demos for games on like with that game. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, in a world, I mean, but you think that would work digitally? You oh, think yeah. people would, would, like, you just buy it digitally and it comes with demos for other games? Yeah, well, you have to build, the, the tricky part is that you build it into the launcher. Sure, yeah. There's, like, menu options, so it's like, you know, I you buy, uh, what's a, like, some Devolver game, you know, you buy Hotline Miami 2. I was gonna say, Devolver might be listening. If, if you see Devolver roll this out next year, you know where they got it. Yeah, and then you like you buy whatever flagship game, and then they have two smaller games on there. I, I'm trying to name Devolver games, but it shows how long it's been since I've played uh, <laughs> nostalgic games because I'm like, uh, Super Puzzle Tower? <laughs> uh, no, Disc Room. That's newer, right? Yeah, Disc Room. Yeah, so you buy Hotline Miami 2, and then on the bottom, uh, there's like Disc Room and Minutes or whatever. Demos for them. Yeah, but that is. I guess, I guess Cult of the Lamb would have been the most right hip yeah. hip pick we could have said. I for I you know I don't um uh, I don't play that many video games <laughs> that are uh, <laughs> I play uh, one modern one occasionally and then I'll spend the other half playing like uh, Breath of Fire <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever sort of thing or just watching movies. Sure. The there's uh, nothing <clears throat> nothing gets you a better artistic perspective than other art forms. Yeah, I've been so torn on um. You know, there's a lot of games that are sort of like uh, it's like it's relaxing just to unwind and watch the numbers go up. But then I keep telling myself like, should I be playing these or like should I just force myself to do something completely different rather than watch the numbers go up? Right, right. Could. You... Should you be playing? Should you be watching Stalker instead? <laughs> and the answer is, yeah, you should. It's only I, I almost did this morning, but I was I might do it after this. It's been in my my pile, but it's on like the the newer pile of uh, things that are actually on top of my Blu-ray player. Right. And that's been like a whole other thing of like buying physical things and then like sitting down and i'm i've i've left the binge lifestyle behind i no longer binge. i merely uh watch i watch it one episode of a tv show every day and that's the way the way the lord intended (laughs) yes and then i think about it i come back to it and i I don't i also think it time and I think ga- this happens with games, especially is like with TV shows. I was realizing it kind of like flattens shows. So like, if they're if they're like it flattens them to like their average. So if the show is like mostly fine, but like if you binge through all of it, if it gets boring, there was just a different twenty four minutes that you missed, and then you're fine because there's another twenty four minutes to come. Right. Right. Exactly. It's almost like a, it's like a completely different texture of sort of that whole medium is the idea of binge watching it or watching right. it 
one at a time. And it's like I think we're clearly seeing in like a in like a post Netflix world which shows make make okay sense to binge and which ones only make sense if you watch it one episode at a time. Right, right. And then it shows I wonder like would I watch who knows how many sick like of those like would I have sat around and had uh if if I hadn't had like, you know, what's the I'm trying to think it's not Reno, no Brooklyn. I was like Reno it's not in Reno nine one one, it's Brooklyn nine <laughs> Uh, what's the whatever the name of that show is brooklyn 99 yes there it is would i have watched any of that if i was like am now and like deliberately sitting down not having it on my second screen having it on tv in front of me one episode at a time <laughs> would i would i make it anywhere in that show <laughs> or would yeah it's, it's funny because usually i think that watching it one at a time like improves the experience but i also think it would help you sort of curate out shows that you're not truly enjoying because right. then you just wouldn't come you wouldn't come back right right if i had to give like it like you're like binging helps you not give it your full attention especially with like if it's like you know the second screen show right and it's like a whole other but speaking of uh binging no speaking of uh consume no speaking of how we approach art tell me about how you approach games with regards to uh, what is indie games of co-host uh indie games of co-host is a co-host page which i guess i have to explain what co-host is right co-host is a <laughs> independently owned social media platform i suppose you could say yeah um that functions pretty similar to like a Tumblr, although it kind of reminds me more of like a live journal. I feel like it's kind of in the live journal Tumblr space. Yeah. Um, and it was like closed invitation at first, but now I think it's fully open. And um, I made this account, Indie Games of Co-Host, because I felt like, first of all, I never know when people make these new platforms if they're going to last a week or if we're all just going to forget. But yeah. so far, so far I've stuck with it. And... Yeah. Um, how is your Hive account doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My Hive account is not doing great. I don't think I have a single, single message on it. Um, <laughs> but when I got to co-host, I was like, oh, I really like what their sort of philosophy is. There's a lot of, like, hide the numbers, hide the metrics. Um, there's a lot of, like, you can't see who people are following. You can't see who they like, the posts they like. A lot, a lot of, like, privacy stuff that I think is, like, common sense. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, I kind of had this sad thought that, like, even if this were to try to take off, like, there's already a sort of community, quote unquote, for games on Twitter and a community on YouTube, sort of a community on Tumblr. Like, there's communities that sort of pre-exist. And then when a new platform comes out, it's impossible to kind of get that started because you would have to, like, search through the tags every day and then follow people based on searching through the tags every day. Yeah. So I was like... I figured, why don't, why don't I make this easier for everybody else? And I just, I'll look through the tags. And then I'll I'll try to connect everybody. I'll I'll talk about new games that come out. I will sort of, they call it share. I'm going to call it reblog. I'll, I'll reblog, you know, de developers' posts so that yeah. it's all kind of coming to like a central page that isn't, you know, and I try to only post once or twice a day so I'm not like spamming everyone's co-hosts. Yes, timeline. yes. What I, the, the feature I, I, truly want is i never want to see repeated <laughs> reblogs yes yeah because like you know you, they hide metrics but yes you, you, you see the metrics you know <laughs> when you see the same post six times yeah you right. see it sort of viscer viscerally yeah and you're just but like, yeah i figured i figured i could be the person that can kind of like pluck all the threads and try to 
weave them together so that if people wanted to, they could follow Indie Games with co-hosts and then at least know that there's one person who's doing the looking for them, talking to people for them, and kind of like collating it all into one place. Right, right. Because who's to know if the indie developers you're looking for use indie game, not indie games, you know? Right, exactly. You have to follow every iteration of video game until you find it, until you find the right... Stuff like that makes me hate tagging systems like yeah. like platforms that are totally based on tags i'm like can can we just make a section of the website that's like i'm interested in games and then you go to that like i don't know i mean maybe it wouldn't make sense for co-hosts but like you know i, I when i was young i was on like deviant art and deviant art was not tag based it was more like full like public folders sort of like sections of the website that you yeah. browse and i feel like something about that made sense to me like if you want to talk about this you just go to that part you know what i mean Right, right. It's it's too reliant on like, well, because it's hard to feed those into algorithms because you're not just like feeding a, a machine a text string, you know. Right, and DeviantArt was sort of pre the sort of timeline structure of social media. Yeah, which is a whole other uh, cursed existence. What <laughs> what when when they added that for you tab to Twitter, and I, I realized this is why people hate hate Twitter so much because if I looked at the site like this. I would go insane. I would like. Yeah, it's, I would never. It's survive. really disturbing. It's really disturbing when you realize that like you're not even looking at the same website that everybody else is looking at. Yeah, yeah. Like if if you don't if you're not viewing things chronologically, I, I think that it's you, you're uh, you need help. You need somebody to help you. It right. Is, it's not an ideal way to do it. And then uh, the second reason I made indie games of co-host was simply because I, I realized that there was it feels like co-host attracts a lot of game developers yeah and it seems to attract a lot of like programmer type people so i'm like there clearly are people already here showing their work like why not give them an excuse to talk about it so i i kind of created this series of indie interviews where i talk to developers and the only criteria for it is just that you use co-hosts right. like literally if anyone if if team cherry wanted to talk to me about hollow Knight, i'd be like Show me your co-host first, otherwise I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> right, right. It, it's meant to be sort of like a reward and sort of like, again, like sort of like a uh, gathering everyone together of like, okay, you're on co-host, let's talk about it. You're on co-host, let's talk about it. And then right. if people want to follow you, they just click this link. Yeah, so it's not just like another... Uh, it, it creates like more of a, what sort of, like a way to navigate it rather than just being like... a a website that is kind of like sitting on its own and then you go to there and then you just it, it keeps within like it helps create like a game ecosystem you know right. right and then once i once i once i started doing it i think my new motivation after i started doing a few of the interviews was just that it's the right thing to do i mean i would talk to people and i feel like indies never get a chance to be interviewed right you know, unless <laughs> Unless your game sells a million copies, nobody's ever going to interview and ask you why'd you make this. You know what? What's your story? What you know? How did you get here? What What were you trying to you know communicate with this? And you can clearly tell as soon as you ask people the questions that they have a lot to say about it. Yeah. Almost every everyone I've interviewed has said, "Oh, am I going over the character limit?" And I'm like, "There's no character limit." Right. Right. I. Like, I... You can talk as much as you want about your project. Like that's what that's the whole point. I'm doing this is so that finally you have a microphone to talk about your project yeah because there's to the when you don't have to like uh be beholden to a website and an editor you know you it's the secret thing of self-publishing it's like oh no one's stopping me i can just do whatever i want right so you, or people, uh, 
part of me is like, I think of it like it's like it's Twitter, like yeah. like oh, is this gonna work as like a Twitter thread? It's like I'm not pasting it into a Twitter thread. Like right, right. This is entirely gonna be a co-host post. We can go all day. We could stretch it as long as co-host is gonna let us stretch vertically. Right, right. It's just a matter of like whether someone's gonna read it all. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's the same for a tweet. Who's sometimes someone sees uh, you see a little thread icon, they're like, no, thank you, I'm done. Check out. No need for me. Yeah, I, like. I can't. I can't promise that anyone's going to read these interviews, but like, I'll put it out there and yeah. you know, put the little the read more divider and let people you know click it if they want to click it. Yeah, that that and that is like, it's important to like not have to be, like, to, to say it in the the in, in a way that doesn't isn't intended to be a slam. Uh, it's it's good that people pay attention to you even if you're not successful. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah, like, definitely. Because like, or like, not rather more, not like commercially successful. Because like, there's a very good chance, uh, close to a hundred, that your art is still successful as a piece of art that you made. Whether right. The, the question. The question is, right? Have people seen it yet? That's the only question. And sometimes, and you need a lot of ways to. Uh, I mean. Very biased in this opinion, of course, but I think you need a lot of ways to get people to see those things. Right, and and you kind of need multiple people doing it, which is why I, I told you that what you know these stray tweets, these these stray yeah. Casey Green tweets of Indie Apocalypse were kind of part of the inspiration for making the co-host page because I'm like nobody's gonna do I don't know what you call it I, I guess you can call it curation or right. or spotlighting. Like nobody, nobody's gonna do it unless someone just sits down and does it. There's, there's no, there's no money to be made in, in spotlighting, you know, helping people. There's not money to be made in helping people. You really just, it's who, who has the time to do it and who feels like volunteering to do it. And yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna volunteer to do it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I have a long history of saying there's no money to be made in selling it when you're doing that too, either. Right. But it's like. Uh... It's like important work, other like all around, because there is uh, games have a uh, a generalized, I think, curation problem. Yes, it's it's too. I I think I feel like there was a time maybe where people uh, covered games, but now it feels like games lead coverage way more than critics lead game coverage. Like you know, like marketing leads coverage more than critics do in a lot of ways. Like yeah, a lot of a lot of games coverage is, you know, unfortunately, I think an arm of games advertising essentially. Yeah, it's it's just like the second phase of game advertising is games coverage, and the publishers know that it'll get covered, so they know they can rely on that as being sort of the second phase of getting the word out. Right. That's you know that's why like every I mean find me uh, a gaming website in t- 2023 that doesn't also have a Twitch streaming arm, you know. Right. Like, if not just like a whole retinue of shows that is um, based around whatever games, very, you know, very likely whatever games they think will people watch on Twitch, you know? Right. I mean, uh, something I've been, uh, something I've been thinking about a lot is a, is a term I've learned from you uh, because I've heard you say it, uh, idea of a game being gifable. Yeah. I, I think I, uh, I saw that and I'm pretty sure I'm going to say I hopefully I mentioned it. Oh, you know what? I don't think I t- ever typed it up, but I've definitely said on this show a lot that that came from a uh, 
a Melo Santani tweet about uh, talking about how if I think I think he said something to the effect of if the Legend of Zelda, the original Legend of Zelda, came out now, it would get a seven out of ten, and a lot of people on a lot of like marketers on social media would say it wasn't very gifable. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I I I think it, now that you put like a word to it, I mean, I think about that way more than anything else. I think. That might even be the more central problem of getting the words out about games, even more than whatever any specific news site is doing. Yeah. I think the idea the idea that people find games through video footage, streams, YouTube videos. And if your game doesn't make sense for a GIF or a YouTube video or a Twitch stream, then you're out of luck, I guess. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> and I, like I would say that applies to... Uh... A, a very high amount of Indiepocalypse games. And then I try to think, you know, I try to think of what, what are even are the alternatives in 2023 of getting people who would like your game to find it and give it a chance if it's not good at sort of video footage. And then it's like, I think, like, we got to go back to magazines, but I don't think, you know, magazines are not sort of coming back in a mainstream way. Right. Blog posts, written, long-form written reviews, I guess. But, like... From what I've heard, every every game in the past like five years that people have like lauded the narrative of, and has been sort of like a critic's darling, it, it has not like translated to sales. Right, right. Like, do you know which? Like, do you have any uh, fresh in mind? Because I also don't know what is successful or not sales wise. Uh, the the one that was coming to mind, not to not to be rude, but was uh, where the water tastes like wine. Oh yes. Um, which I haven't played, but I had sort of. I feel like I somehow heard through the grapevine, or maybe oh, I was just looking at the, that, that the number had, of Steam reviews. That one had the other double secret uh, way to get your game coverage: is have game writers write in your game. Of course, but you would think you would think that that would be an advantage, and it didn't. Right. It didn't move. It didn't move the needle. Right. It is one of those things where it's like it's also it's a good reminder uh, that coverage doesn't necessarily result in sales because obviously that had uh, plenty of coverage. And, I, and I've heard that from other indies too, like sort of like, oh, so and so, so and so big website made an article about my thing, and like it didn't move the needle at all. Right. Like, but you know, so and so YouTuber played it, and that was the only thing that mattered. So I'm like, what what hope does you know? Not to sound too despondent, but like, what what hope does anyone have if the only way that these things are being shared is through video? Right. I I mean, it's even like this kind of uh, what's the word? like non-committal uh coverage too i think is like i because it, it's weird uh how you how you said that or like very particularly you said that this idea of like oh i got a lot of uh this kind of focus but it, like uh, this coverage but it, like i got posted on a big site but it didn't result in anything and i've thought about times where like it gets you know something that gets retweeted by a 50k account uh, counts for a lot less than something that gets like quote tweeted but with an endorsement from someone with 1k you know right like there it's like a uh you kind of have to have your own in a lot of like your own like entire article or even like you're still subject to gifability you know if you're it's also like when when your game gets covered it almost has to be like it sadly has to be like the most hyperbolic endorsement ever like you know, I'm very, I'm very excited to try uh, this game. Like, uh, what's it called? Pizza Tower. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yes. I mean, it looks amazing. It looks amazing, but like, 
it feels like when it gets covered, the person writing the article has to be like, it's the greatest game of the year, like game of the year contender. It's like, and that's the only way people will like give it the time of day is if it's a game of the year contender. Like why, right. why can't it just, just be, be good? good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have a personal bone to pick because someone said, uh, it was bad art well done or something like that. They implied the art was bad, but it was very well animated. It was like such disrespect. The art in that game is... Yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's truly amazing. I Some, someone, Someone's not quite getting it, I think. That's yeah. I think. I, or maybe that, that that style is just out of vogue. Or, you know what? That is a that is a, a throwback to uh, best graphics. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Artistic. Mm-hmm. This I, like uh, it doesn't have a technical prowess. You can't see the, uh, uh, f- the the pizza man has a lot of sweat, but it's not realistic sweat like you would see in The Last of Us Part Two. Right, and it, you know you see all the pixels, so it looks like it was drawn in MS Paint and stuff oh, like that. That's, that's the beauty of it. And, pe- and people think if people look at that and think it's not intentional. <laughs> right, right, right. As, as if they didn't have enough time when that game what, made like seven years to make or something. They didn't, they didn't have enough pixels to make it look good. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's partly why I think it's such a games are in such a very weird spot, you know. And 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 things like indie games of co-host help to be like, hey, you know. By just like sitting down and talking to them, you know, talking to any game developer as if they were the developers of like, you know, the, whatever triple A game you heard about, whatever game of the year game you heard about, just by talking to them like they are just any other developer, I think it helps to, you know, normalize these different approaches to game development and be like, oh no, it's just it's just all the game development in the end. Right. Yeah, or even just treating them like they're the creators of Celeste or the creators of Hollow Knight or the creators of Stardew Valley. Like, you know, it, it, you know, obviously we all kind of know deep down that when something reaches a certain level of like commercial success, people take it more seriously. But like, you know, we don't have to. We could choose to not do that. We we could just take everybody equally seriously and let them sort of express why they made this game. Yeah, right. It's not like uh, there. I mean, it takes like two seconds to spend some time on, like, you know, Wikipedia and look at, you know, most popular movies from, you know, X, Y, Z, or like even, you know, Best Picture winners and go, huh, weird how uh, people don't talk about any of these anymore. Right. And like how, uh, like what, what longevity looks like. And, uh, I mean, uh, with all my worry about this, another sort of like inspiration for indie games of co-hosts, in addition to Indiepocalypse, and I know this is opening a whole can of worms, and I know people have different opinions about this, but I was looking at like, I was thinking of other social media platforms, and I know that there's things like, can you pet the dog on Twitter, and like, yeah. wholesome games on Twitter, and like, say what you want about those, but like, at least they are like, spotlighting things based on a certain criteria or a theme, and I'm like, I could do that too, too. And the criteria will just be: is the developer on co-host or not? <laughs> like, right, right. Uh, and and it's something that is less that you build your games towards to include dog petting or, I yes yes the I have uh, generally no opinion on petting the dog. I think it's <laughs> kind of it's it's like any other it's like any other dog whatever 
uh, popular website that's based on a popular Twitter account that's based on just uh, uh, banality. It's just like there's there's just a just there's an emptiness to them all in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, rate our it's, it's like rate your dogs. It's the same. It occupies the same brain space to me as right of just like oh, this is like a marketing tool. Right. But I also thought it was fascinating in almost like a, I guess, a neutral way that like from the consumer or the audience yeah. perspective, if, there, if there's as much interest about knowing that a game lets you pet the dog as there is about reading an article on Polygon.com, then maybe like we need to rethink how to get the word out about games online. Because clearly the ways that it used to be done maybe are not as interesting to people and people do want to know like, can I pet the dog or like... You know, can I make a character that looks like myself in real life? And, you know, is there a character creator that's inclusive? Or, like, is this game, you know, I won't say wholesome, but, like, is this game nonviolent? Or is this game relaxing? Like, it feels like people are finding their own criteria now for where they want to find games. And maybe the old way of doing it is not meeting those needs, I guess. I and mean, we have to right. sort of rethink rethink how social media works. I think a lot of people, a lot of people kind of want to... um curate their selection by vibe not even by like game genre but just like by the vibe it will give them when they play it or like what other games vibe it will remind them of so it's just like a very weird space now right right and it's yeah there is there are a lot of other uh you know things that go with it yes but generally generally it is like showing off like you know more games than you would typically see until the point where it reaches a point where it defines itself and then you have uh i i i remember there was something about someone was talking about like ooblets and how it was like they took violence out of their game and they or that it was hard to remove violence and it was trying to remember it exactly but something like oh we have dance battles that function like pokemon battles so i was like wait so is the difference between violence and uh, you know uh pokemon uh animal fighting blood sport and uh cute wholesome Fighting is a couple of combat names and some animations. Like right, I think I think I know the exact Twitter thread that you might be yeah, talking like, about. Like the like that's if I if I take a sidebar, that is my general uh, issue with wholesome is that it kind of just it just puts uh, pastels over very traditional game design and doesn't actually engage with the idea of what it means. Yeah, I I, w I would consider things like that purely an aesthetic. Yeah, an aesthetic, an aesthetic and emotional category, and not like related to game design at its core. With right. with some exceptions. Right, right. There are definitely, obviously. Listen, I I I paint with a broad brush, but even the broadest brush misses part of the wall, you know. Right, but I also, uh, on one hand, like defend the audience. Like you know, I've watched like the wholesome directs and things like that. Like if the, if if the audience or the player who's getting into games or wants to find certain times of games, if that's how they want to narrow down their search, then like. I think that's their right, but you know, I think you would know most of all. Like a lot of the people who are submitting things for Indie Apocalypse, like would never stand a chance being included in something like that because right. they're not they're not aiming for that. Right. Vibe. E even if I think their games contain uh, high degrees of wholesomeness, because it's not presented through the right uh, lens, perhaps. 
Sure. But like, uh, it's a whole other. That's a whole other thing. I don't care too much about arguing about. I think I think games need more genre. I think when I saw people arguing about JRPGs, I was like, you see, this is an issue with genre in uh, genre in video games because I don't think Final Fantasy has not been in JRPG since maybe Final Fantasy X. Sure. In yeah. terms of how I think of like genre, and we need like a density of genre that describes things more than just like raw game mechanics because. Call of Duty and Doom are not for, are not both first person shooters, right? Or you know they are technically, but in the same way that are like you know, it's a mess. It's generally a mess. I mean, I think I think everyone who either plays games or works in games knows that like the terminology we have is so insufficient for describing your own work or for helping people find the work that they want to find. I mean, it's it's a complete mess. We, we we make up genre names that are just the names of games mashed yes. together. I mean, like, and that's the it's like the only effective way to try to lead people towards a game they might want to try is like, oh, it's a you know, it's a Stardew like. It's yeah. like you know, which is, it's a <laughs> and Stardew it's like a itself vampire survivor is like and Stardew like itself is just blatantly a Harvest Moon like you know, right, right, which itself is probably what like is that the, is that even the first. What did Harvest Moon rip off, you know? Right, exactly. But but I, I feel bad as for developers and for the audience. Yeah. Because I just think the tools for finding things you might like are so insufficient. And to bring it back to Indiepocalypse, I think the hard part is knowing that there's, you know, probably thousands and thousands of people out there that would like any given volume of Indiepocalypse. But, like, how would they know that the type of games they like are in there? Like, right. The people who want to find games that are like Stardew have it made right now because there's like a billion social media accounts dedicated to curating those for you and saying like, hey, like, here's a YouTube channel dedicated entirely for fans of Stardew Valley to find games that are similar. But like, you know, I play, I recently played a, a game in Indie Apocalypse, I think it was 35, called Crumbs. Yeah. And like, you know, I loved it, but like, how would anyone, you know... The question we all have to ask is, like, if we wanted to find more people who like games like that, how would you get them in the door to even know where to look? Because games like that don't even have terminology right. necessarily to describe what they are. They're what, like, what is it, like, a, a adventure game? <laughs> you know, like, because you, cause you walk around and uh, interact with objects. Is it a walking simulator? Right. Yeah. Uh, Crumbs by uh, IGF Nouveau nominated uh quinn k uh with their swings to skull which is like that whole other like horror is a whole other thing too <laughs> like what you do is you make a horror game and then you ask people to play your other games right right well if you want if you want to get on itch.io on the front page right uh especially especially during halloween you make a spooky low poly creepy you know <laughs> yeah well, that's the way that's the way to do it Whenever I see someone, uh, I follow a post like, wow, I, oh my god, I made it to the front page. I'm like the top trending, etc. for itch game. Like I'm the, I'm the number one browser, web, uh, downloadable, etc. It's like, well, it's also a horror game. <laughs> try try hard mode. Try not doing easy mode next time. Right. And it's funny because like, yeah. I don't think that that's like, like I think it's no. two, two, guys who, two guys who run itch. Um, I don't, like, it's not intentional. Like, no, I think that's the itch. Itch. It's how their algorithm works. <laughs> 
Yeah, because like when I go to the itch.io like Twitter page, which I think does a pretty good job of like highlighting different games, like they're they're not horror. So I'm like, clearly this is just like a natural thing that I think especially a lot of younger people gravitated towards yeah. and are looking for. So and obviously YouTubers. Right, right. Because there was a, a someone, Caden uh, Ramstack, I believe, a tabletop developer, had spent a lot of time like looking at the Twitch or Itch's thing and how it worked and. The conclusion was, yeah, if you post a lot of videos, your thing skyrockets. If you get a lot of videos in the comments, your thing skyrockets mm. up to the charts. Like, it's just how it works. Probably because, like, if I imagine if you're building on the back end, it, like, you know, this, this it's that's probably, like, a good, good engagement for itch to have is video content, you know. So they want to encourage and, more. And I think... I think another advantage that horror games probably have versus other games is like we already have all the terminology to describe horror right. as a genre and as subgenres. You know, film and novel of literature already defined all these words for us. Yeah, so the tag, the tags work probably. Like, yeah. and it's a whole other like subculture of just like horror YouTube and streaming and everything that just like when I'm curating, even the worst of the worst horror games that I've ever played have like. 13 videos of playthroughs i mean it's just like it's just like the people looking for stardew i think people looking yeah. for horror they they know how to find it and it's like very easily available yeah it's it's just it's a like they're, they're just like uh but i think it's not even like a trend because horror has always been like that horror has always been like a low budget high grossing genre yeah right people like spookiness they like being scared they're like uh <laughs> It's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, I, 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 we had a budget of six thousand dollars. We made seven point five million. Right. Because we, we people love to be scared. Kyle, do you like to be scared? Well, do you like horror? Where do you? Where do you I don't. I, 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 don't. Which is, what I always feel like I'm missing out on like this whole genre of film and games because I, I don't like getting scared. And now I'm like, should I just force myself to play like a Resident Evil Eight or something? Because I feel like I'm missing everyone. Every year, there's all these articles of like, oh my god, this was the most amazing, and I'm like, I guess I just have to stomach it and try it. I guess it depends, like, uh, how you approach horror, because I, I am generally, I am not scared by horror films. I, I know monsters aren't real, <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I also most people do, but there's there's still like somehow this idea of you know. Uh, a pinhead creeps into your subconscious and you don't know how it does it but even though you know there are no limit configurations in real life and you will not get sucked into the world of pain and pleasure but still right it kind of it gets into people's head but it just doesn't Pro get into my head so i get like oh nice aesthetics probably my best experience with a horror game was that uh, i think when i was a, a freshman in college in the dorms me and my friends played amnesia the dark yeah. descent and like did it as a group thing and i think i think i enjoyed the sort of group social aspect of us all sort of getting scared and like switching off with the controller and stuff like that so i think like that sort of which ironically is the experience of like going to a movie theater yes. and experiencing it sort of communally but i'm like i I think I need it. I need it as a video game. It's going to need to be like a multiplayer experience. Yeah, horror is a very. I mean, that's why I think all those videos exist in the first place. Because horror is like this very communal genre that we have. We like being scared, but not alone. Right. And that's the, why. That's why that game. That game, Phasmophobia, did so good. 
yeah. uh, a year or two ago. It was like they they cracked the code on like online multiplayer horror game that that is good for streaming. <laughs> right. It's it's all it's it checks all your. Oh, don't forget it's early access, so it's half finished. <laughs> yep. Yep. Checks all your. Boxes. It's a little. It's a little. It's a little janky. You can't tell if the jank is on purpose or. If it's just early access, yeah, but all Jank's also funny, you know. It, so it helps yeah, Jank, them in their favor. Jank is great. Uh, I, yeah, I, I saw someone playing it with like one of the people was in VR, <laughs> and there's a whole different experience. Just like how they can navigate the world because they have all those they can move and touch things and hide. It's very interesting. It seems, it seems cool. It's not. It's that's one of those kinds of things that I have no interest in playing yeah i don't know i might try it. i'm very fascinated i also like when you play with multiple people one person yeah. could just stay in the van right, someone right. can stay in the van parked outside which i think is like a genius thing to include that like there's almost like an asymmetrical amount of horror that you might experience depending on if you're like oh i'm gonna stay in the van yeah but you experience more horror because you see the camera and then you see the ghost creeping up behind them I know that's that's the genius it, of it. It's sort of like it's it's not even less hard. It's just different. Right. It is it is creating like the the tension that you could only create in film of multiple perspectives. Right. But within a game. That's pretty smart. Yeah, yeah. There's like a lot of. It's such a untapped, but also you know it's a such a such a baby medium. So. So so now, so very now. Bad. When you say baby, when you say baby medium, do you mean it's a medium for children or? I, I mean, yes, and also young. <laughs> no, it's not okay, fully. Okay. It's not fully a medium for children. Uh, do a lot of the top prestige games also feel like they are that kind of thing that also feels like they're very, in a lot of ways, appropriate for children? They don't necessarily uh, tackle complicated ideas. Maybe, probably. But I think that's also true of plenty of like uh, run-of-the-mill prestige-style television. Is that is uh, all sound and fury, you know? I mean, that's not. I, I feel like I came on your podcast just to tell you how difficult your job is with Indie Apocalypse, and I'll just keep giving you bad news over and over again. But another thing I was thinking about when I was playing uh, the Indie Apocalypse games, I was playing was like. This is generally geared for more of an adult audience, yeah. and not even because of anything, not not because of the content that's in it, but because of sort of the the timbre of the emotions. Right. And most most genres of games that spread a lot, I feel like spread a lot because they can appeal to an adolescent yeah, you know, yeah. audience. Yeah, I, I watched The Matrix when I was a young teen, but there are like plenty of R-rated movies that I would not get. <laughs> as a teen like right. they don't have that appeal right. even though technically they both exist within the same i've had that i've actually had that experience at events where uh like i've had like you know an issue open and technically there's no like objectionable content but i, I had to explain that like they're like oh is this good for kids I, i'd be like kind of <laughs> like <laughs> There's no excessive sex or violence, but like I don't know if a kid's gonna if a kid's ready to grapple with some of the ideas that are being presented. Yeah, I feel like it's it's, it's almost like we we need a campaign to tell adults like, hey, there there are games out there that like if you like if you like literature, you like film, like there are games that that capture that spectrum of emotions, like. 
Mario's great, but there's there's more than Mario and Call of Duty out there if, right. if you're interested. I've I've had this exact conversation with people at like a, a punk flea market I attended, where they were like, they were telling me about how they worked at like a local like art house theater, but then like oh, games I don't really play games and like oh, games aren't really for me. I'm like you know these games you know how there are those movies that you're talking about that we were just talking about games can also be like that and they're like oh i guess you're right i just hadn't thought about that like there's this notion that people just do not think that games can have uh those like uh complicated ideas i guess or... Yeah, I mean, when I when I was talking to you on co-host and I asked you to describe, you know, what indie apocalypse is, you said you referred to them as alternative, and you yeah. said that alternative was a sort of a vague descriptor that can mean what you want it to mean. But the, the more the more I think about it, the more I think that like the people who would be into alternative games, maybe the people who are into not even people who are into games, it would be the people who are into alternative comics, alternative yeah. film, alternative animation, alternative music, like. It's somehow I think when you when you're on the sort of fringes of the mainstream, your your work of art is actually more similar to something from a different medium than it is from your own medium at that yeah. point. Like, it's more similar to a poem. I I, I always th- have thought of these games as like poem games. That was kind of like the word that my fr- brain had always come up with. Like, right. oh, this game is this game is less like a young adult novel and more like a poem. And like someone playing this would have to understand. That this is more like reading a book of poetry than it is like going to see a Marvel movie or whatever. Yeah, I, I've had uh, this notion for a while that it's easier for me to convince art people to become gamers than to convince gamers to become art people. Exactly, I think I think that's a hundred percent accurate. But it's it's still it's still a hard fight either way <laughs> to be like no 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 no. Trust me, I know you sit you don't think you play games and you think all games are Mario Kart, um, but games can uh have can they they possess like a wide spectrum of ideas just like and then unfortunately unfortunately whoever you're talking to or whatever game you're pitching them on then you have to deal with the controller and like how the controls work and god forbid if it's a first person game then if they've never you know held a controller before there's like a whole other obstacle right right Where, where any movie there is that like that's the the fascinating thing about games because even if a movie is complicated uh, you can watch it. <laughs> yeah. Even if you understand zero percent of it, you can just turn it on and watch it. Yep. There's no, there's no there's no physical barriers to a movie unless you know you can't hear it or can't see it or you don't understand the language that's being spoken. I mean, like those are the only sort of like direct barriors. Right. Everything else is purely artistic. And and in, and and two three and two thirds of those we've already worked around those with subtitles. Right, exactly. And I don't know if there are ways to like, um, just, if there are like audio films, if that makes sense. There are, yeah, okay. there are. There's uh, a aud- descriptive audio tracks that you okay. can put on, and then the uh, the descriptive audio narrator uh, describes what is being shown in between the dialogue. Right, probably less common, but. So, so film has film has covered all of these concerns. Right, right. It's just it's harder to teach someone how to use a controller. Yep. But there's got to be a way. There's got to be at least like that's why you know Indie Pockets all on the PC. You keep people. We people use mouse and keyboard. You just got to teach them how to use it in a new way. Yeah. And a lot of it's uh you know arrow keys. Right. Yeah, 
arrow keys or those other things that we call arrow keys, W-A-S-D. Right. The, the, the non-gamers won't know about that one, but we, we could teach them. Well, if you buy the right, I have a, I have a, a gamer keyboard, I think, because <laughs> W-A-S-D are red where the rest of the keys are black. That's so funny. I've never seen that. That's hilarious. It came it came free with the PC I bought. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you'll be you'll be needing this. Yeah, you got a you bought a, a gamer PC, so here's a gamer keyboard and mouse. And I did I'll I'll admit the gamer mouse won me over. And now I can't live without those little like side buttons. Oh no. <laughs> it's primarily for like the back buttons, like going forward and back is what I use that a lot. Right, I don't. It has the, game, the, the gamers, the gamers got something right. Yeah, gamers, they're not all. They're not all bad. I think, probably. <laughs> but uh, 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 speaking of ga- gamers, do you? How? What are? Do you play video games? What are you? What's going on? Do you, do you like video games? I do. Huh. I enjoy. I enjoy a video game from time to time. What is? No, let's. Okay, but instead of talking about, uh, we could just talk about what kind of video games. What are your if 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 you can add if you can answer this question because I have difficulty with this question uh, when it's asked of me I think you may have even asked it of me I don't remember uh, <laughs> of the games you covered do you have like fa- let's let's not call them favorites uh, I'm, I'm asking you to tell me like what what games would you want to tell people of the the games you covered on Indie Games of Coast or just the creators if because you know sometimes you cover them more like you know people have a larger a larger library. Of, of work um let me see can i mention a tabletop game real quick yes tabletop games are also within the apocalypse that was a, that was that, that was a silly question because it seems like most volumes of indie apocalypse have a tabletop game in them <laughs> Well, yeah, when I first started the account, uh, you know, I made this like pinned post that's like, "Oh, tell me about yourself as a developer." And I, got, I got so many comments that were like, "Hey, I'm a tabletop developer, but you probably don't count us, right?" And I'm like, "I never said that." Like, the, ta- the tabletop developers think that there's no space for them. Yeah, but there's, it's a, tabletop development. I argue, in, in some ways, I'm more excited by their approach to design because it is like a. Partially, I think, because it's paper and uh, pen is what you use to make it, primarily. There's there's more of a, an incentive to be like, I want to take this idea and turn it into a game, rather than I want to take this other game and turn it into my game. Right. So I guess one person I would give a shout-out to was uh, the first person, the first tabletop developer that I interviewed was uh, Binary, uh, at Binary on co-host, uh, and they make a game called Apocalypse, Apocalypse Frame. And uh, it's just a very cool mech game. I haven't had a chance to play it myself, but it looks very cool. Yeah, um, the trickier part of a tabletop game is you need yeah. often, often I'm just, need other people. I'm just collecting like a folder of PDFs of like, someday I will play this to other people. But uh, what stood out to me is that Apocalypse Frame is using something called the Lumen system. Uh, which is a, a tabletop system designed as sort of like a a halfway point between like the feeling of playing a video game but adapting it to tabletop yeah and uh the creator of the lumen system said that he he was very inspired by like wanting to create tabletop games that feel like they're like a looter shooter or like a hero shooter like a or a diablo something where you feel like you're you feel very powerful the combat's very fast you're like 
you have a power fantasy of sort of destroying things, getting loot, destroying things, getting loot, and sort of like trying to streamline combat so that it's more of like a separate phase from the role playing. And then you have sort of sandwiched in between the combat, you can sort of role play separately. Yeah. Which I know a lot, most tabletop games are not aiming for that. And that's totally fine. But I think as a sort of intro to tabletop for people who usually play video games, I was very intrigued by this this Lumen system um, of of trying to directly adapt what it's like to play a video game, try to like trim all the other cruft and be like, okay, you know what it's like to play Diablo or you know what it's like to play, you know, like an Overwatch, like just get in there, do it. You know, you if you're if you're shy about role playing, you don't have to worry about being nervous. You can kind of like just go with the flow, and then there will be sort of like a mission, you know a mission pitching or a sort of camping phase afterwards where you can sort of play as a character. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is, we had played one last night, uh, that was 90% like very loose rolling in, but it was primarily like uh role playing. Uh, they're like, it's like, how much do you want to crank up the improv, uh, knob on your role playing game session? And there's a lot of games that like accommodate that. And it's a little, I don't, Maybe I, I it's a little trickier maybe to figure out which one is which, you know. I don't right. know. I don't know how how easy it is to be like I, I guess you would look at it and if, if you see a lot of rules, you're like, "Oh, there's a lot of rules here." That way I don't I have mean, to be a person necessarily. I think a lot of people who play tabletop and probably everyone who develops tabletop knows that the cruel irony is that everyone who tries tabletop for the first time is trying it because of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But I've played a little Dungeons and Dragons and it's like the worst game to be your intro because it's somehow it's it's too in the middle. It's not the gameplay, the combat's not streamlined enough, but it's like it's like too much role playing but then too much combat and like most indie tabletop games that I find on itch make it very clear with like very streamlined rules of like hey, the dice rolls are going to be this quick. And if you like combat, play this game. If you like role playing, play this game. And like, if I if there's anything I could do on my co-host page, it would be to try to like spotlight these indie projects that are so much more easily communicated to beginners yeah. than Dungeons and Dragons is. Right, because it's like it's just, it's the, the the war gaming blood runs deep in that game. Right. And, and somehow they've 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 made five versions of it, and they have still not fully divorced themselves from this sort of like mountain of systems. Right. They've just they they take them down, or they move them around, they shuffle them around, but they're still pretty much always there. I've always found tabletop to be intimidating, but every indie developed tabletop I've seen has been like a clean five page PDF with crystal clear rules yeah. and extremely streamlined dice rolling. Yeah, whenever I make them, I just use six-sided dice. That's it, because I, I trust people right. have them lying around somewhere. And if they don't, they can go go to the store and buy a copy of Yahtzee real quick. Yeah, yeah, you can just buy just the easiest kind of die to have, easiest kind of die to find. So I, I, like, the, I like the simplicity of it, even though, like, I guess... You know, tech, mathematically speaking, uh, multiple sizes offer you multiple opportunities. But right, who knows? You just make math. It's all, there's no rules. It's that's the secret of game design. There's no rules. You can just kind of do whatever you want. You know, it's true. 
And, and it actually leads me. I had one more if, you, if I have time to shout yeah. out a video game from the page. Yeah, you've we've got. I, I, it's my show. I have infinite time. I'm not. I'm not using studio time that someone's going to kick me out of. We don't. We don't have to throw to a, a Twitch ad break soon. No, no. I have. I checked fairly recently, and uh, next week is my hundredth episode. And to the oh, let me look at my earnings tab real quick. Um, throw, yeah, yeah. Throw it a Let the people know. Throughout a hundred episodes, I have. Is there a way to? Oh, I should go to. I need to go to payouts. Uh, I'm not eligible for a payout yet. I have thirty nine dollars and fifty four cents. So you're not you're you're not playing you're not you're not playing the Twitch game right. I know. Like I'm not being like, hey guys, here here on Twitch TV. I'm I'm not. I don't have a bunch of emotes. I'm not shouting out all of my followers. I don't have my face on the screen uh you haven't game you haven't gamified the chat section yet by yeah. you know having cur- currencies in the chat that nope. they could redeem nope there's no crowd control you can't take control of my body and make me ask certain questions you, you can barely talk to me you can barely interact with me but it is. i could probably talk a whole other, i could probably talk a whole other hour about youtube and twitch and how fascinating that all is yeah. but uh, <laughs> Uh, the game I wanted to shout out. Um, yes. Uh, if anyone were to go to Indie Games with co-host, I would I would recommend checking out this interview I did with this developer named Unlimited Trees. Um, they made a, a platformer. I don't know how to pronounce it. I think it's pronounced Unitress Dreams. And what I love about this is that it's a it, it's it's sort of a it's a pixel art side scrolling sixteen bit you know platformer kind of akin to a Sonic the Hedgehog. Not a very Genesis feeling, but it reminds me that like you really have no obligation to make your game appeal to anyone else besides yourself. Yeah. And I'm not saying that as like a backhanded whatever. I, I love this game. I played the game. But like the developer clearly and they said it multiple times in the interview, like they are making this only for their own enjoyment. Like it doesn't matter if a hundred other people, a thousand other people people you know resonate with every artistic choice every dialogue choice every you know choice of the physics like i think there's something so much more beautiful and especially because platformers is the genre that has been like well trodden like on steam and things like that and and it's kind of like i mean the side-scrolling platformer is kind of like the epitome of the original sort of indie game success you know right right it's your braid and meat boy and it's yeah, just, cave just, story, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, so the idea of people making platformers that like they don't care if it's going to be the next Mario. It's just the aesthetic they want, the music they want, you know, the characters they want, and like, obviously, you know, we all know nine times out of ten when like an artist allows themselves to do that, you know, it it makes an end product that is so much more resonant. I think than you know trying to make the platformer that everyone who plays Mario is going to like. Yeah, there's, I, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking, I, I went to find Unlimited Trees to go look at it. And it has a, it has a, has a, what, what a look I like. So that is like, I think what I like very much also what I am also striving for is things that feel like, uh, nobody else could have made these games like this is like right. very specifically a game that that person had to make 
Right. And I think when, when you try to tell people about these sort of very, you know, super indie games or alternative or whatever you want to call them, like, yeah. people, might, people might assume that they're all going to be, like, crumbs or they're all going to be a twine game or they're all going to be a certain emotional flavor. But, yeah. like, to me, this is just as alternative as anything else. This is, like, a person who loves platformers who plays certain platformers and thinks like that's not how I would do it here's how I would do it yeah. and like just is having fun with it and is putting them out for free and like clearly the work you know is building up over time and the skills are building up over time that like people who also resonate with that will eventually find it and be like you know it's like you plucked this right out of my brain and never would have known to look for something like this yeah the, uh to to shout out a recent you know recent indie apocalypse uh contributor like sylvie is very much like those are not sylvie's games are not the the crumb style game but they're also you know they're generally like they look more like video games but they're still like so far from they they look like platformers and i mean <laughs> with a right. compliment that they're, they're not what you're thinking you're getting in they're like they're explorations of mechanics and like design ideas and they're, they're like they're like it's they're very they're very distinct in that way that is not like what you said where you think oh well they are they're distinct because it's a person telling a story through a story and then maybe i walk left to right and or click on hyperlinks but it's like no a person right. is telling their perspective through um what you call it? Uh, the, like how they how they approach mechanical design. Yeah, I mean to use like a, a specific example, not to, not to speak for unlimited trees, but like yeah. when I talked to them, like they said, like I've seen them say on co-hosts, like oh they they you know their game bears like a similarity to Sonic the Hedgehog, but they're like I don't even like you know they have their critiques about those those old Sonic the Hedgehog games, and like they have changed the physics and the mechanics of their side scroller to be what they think is funnier more fun and funnier which is like yes. a very personal expression of like this mechanic would be funnier if you could every time you jump you could you know attack downward to double jump or like you could flip and you know sort of like soar across the level by like exploiting this physics glitch and things like that like that is just as personal as any line of dialogue could be or just as personal as any like emotional cutscene could be and, you know, not, i'm not saying that's more valid i'm saying that's right. equally valid yes, like a, yeah. a visual novel or a twine game or anything like that like pe people want to express themselves and and one way they want to express themselves is like how do the jump physics work how does right. the health work you know how does the character function things like that right right uh, art game tends to get pit very pigeonholed into this idea of uh it's just a, a, a quiet story game that i don't play you know Right, something contemplative, something sad, and I, and I and just to reiterate again, I love contemplative. I love sad, but like, yeah. if people aren't in the mood for that, there are games that are just as experimental. That are, like, clearly, we don't even have the terminology because you and I are tripping over how to even describe, yeah. you know, well, how you would pitch games like this. How many? How many games? Uh, how many? How many video games are there being made or have been made that are inspired by Yume Nikki? You know. Right, exactly. There, and, and thankfully, and thankfully, we don't call them Yumi Nikki likes. Uh, what a curse! Because <laughs> the pe I think the the people who uh, who make those Yumi Nikki likes would vomit at the idea of it. They are not, right, right. 
they they they're not like they they don't have like terminal uh marketer brain <laughs> typically <laughs> that that leads you to call everything like i i i like search action i think we should call metroidvania search action games yeah i like or i've heard someone say action exploration i yeah. think in my mind action exploration or search action like are completely sufficient at describing what the yeah. mechanic is yeah and that is, is it, like i mean is is it not exploring and also some action yeah that is that is it's the the term i th- I believe that's the japanese term is search action right because um also i mean most metroidvanias they're, they're not even like they're just like they're just simply the night <laughs> like the, the metroid dna <laughs> need not even be present sure yeah it's, it's very... and they're and they're not, and they're not and they're not similar to the Castlevanias that came before Symphony right. of the Night, right? Then and in a lot of ways they're not even similar to what is charming about Symphony of the Night. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway, yeah, the games are uh, like the the touch of like I was to 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 bring it back to slightly to movie mode. I'm in because uh, I sure. watch, I'm trying to watch a movie a night. I, to put it in like a different perspective, I'm trying to, okay, I was trying to, I was like, I, I thought I got one good example, but I was like, how do I find a second one that is, uh, I'm trying to think of it. Anyways, I'll just go with my original, which is to say that, <laughs> uh, uh, Jackie Chan and, and John Cassavetes are both very, they, they track, they travel in very different styles. A film, but they're mm-hmm. also like very distinct films that are like from them in the same way that like, like it is from even though one is like uh, more deliberate character pieces and one is uh, intense action, they are very clearly like from their their like their author's like style and voice in the same way that like not all games are required to like uh to to have that authorial voice need to be like one genre or like you, you can take action seriously yeah and i feel like film film as an art form is old enough that like people innately do seem to understand this like i think people even people who enjoy mostly mainstream quote unquote films yeah understand the other combinations of flavors that exist in film and know either that's for them or it's not for them and they would know how to find it if they wanted to watch it yeah and i feel like we're still like catching up for people to even know that these games are even available like right in existence like you know it just doesn't have the sort of uh inherent knowledge that i think people have about film and about novels you know to know that they come in all these different genres yeah, they, they. I think they're only just escaping. Also, like the, I, I think it's easy to 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 underestimate how much there is a cultural understanding of like video games are for children. If you're in video right. games, I think that that sentiment is still broader than uh, the gamers think. And and it was a commercial product from day one, which is right. not the. the... They're not the same for other forms of art, you know. Right, right. Other forms of art were invented before the sort of commercialization of them really took off. Yeah, you can still, you know, you can watch movies from like the twenties that have like right. uh, a clear artistic bend to them. 
that are like still very purposeful and you know they've been around longer so like and it's also it's an uphill it's it's an uphill battle for us right right. this baby baby art form yeah and and they also came out in like as as the critic is starting to wane as a cultural force too so it's, it's harder for like a game critic to uh, a sandwich, you know, have you know meaningfully guide the culture in between thirty listicles about anime on their video game website. Yeah, and and even in like you know, we could say maybe that the the better approach would have been the video game magazines, but unfortunately, a lot of the magazines were also kind of an arm of PR. Right, right. It's like a. Uh, it, it's it's tricky because there's probably there are people doing video game criticism, but there's no money in it, <laughs> and there's uh, uh, very there's increasingly feels like there's little. I mean, the audience will be there. I think I think the audience will be. Inc- My hope is that the audience is like increasingly there for non-commercial uh, stuff. I was talking to someone yesterday. And we, he was he was saying something about the he was talking about like how how he feels like people are turning back to uh, taking genre genre not the you know genre fiction seriously genre films like and like, like back going back to accepting the conventions of genre instead of being overly ironic or insincere about them like like sincerity is coming back right exactly yeah people are tired of Captain America pointing at Tetris, you know? They're just like, <laughs> I-, I want a movie that makes me feel something. Right. Uh, and so I think I think that'll, uh, you know, that's art. Art art goes in waves, you know? There are movements, and then there are counter-movements, then there are counter-counter-movements, and et cetera, you know? And I think... Like, yeah, and, and, a, and a lot of it, I think, is people, sadly, I think, from every art form now, realizing that, like, they're going to have to be in control of searching that, searching that out themselves. That you cannot rely that like this stuff is going to come across your eye line during your daily life. You can't you can't rely that the posters hung up in the movie theater are going to be for these sort of like other movies other than Marvel, Disney, etc. Like I don't know. I feel I feel, I feel like there's like more there's like more labor expectation on the audience to like do the labor themselves of finding the things that they want right. which is like it's just kind of it's not even like a good or bad thing it's just like a bummer like yeah because how, how much how much work you have to put into finding something that you like it's just like it's too exhausting right right because no we don't go to uh like we don't have like the limited like newspaper sources anymore where we would see like the hand-picked reviews we're we're online where we're inundated by ads uh, constantly yeah and how often is a, a review of an art game gonna gonna slip through, you know, eighty million uh, Fortnite, uh, Devolver, Activision ads? You know. Yeah, I mean, like I know, like the phrase, like a tastemaker, kind of has like a negative connotation, but also Let's like bring it back as a positive connotation. I think it. I, yeah, I, like maybe we need we need people who are willing to do the labor of of checking out all this stuff that isn't you know isn't a Twitch channel, like something that is more communicated in a different way. If only people, if only there was someone like on a on a social media site writing a regular blog about <laughs> independent video games. 
If only. You're on to something, Kyle, but we're not quite sure. Are they, are they in the room right now? <laughs> <laughs> they might be. I might be are they, are they here? Are they in the call? Yeah. Yeah, they are there. That is, yes. The, uh, it, it happens, and the, the tricky thing is you just got to kind of persevere and not be like, well, what if nobody pays attention to it? And it's like, well, it still needs to exist. Yeah, my my attitude is like, I, I think co-host is in a way the perfect platform for this because the psychology of co-host is to not care about yeah. the numbers. So it's like, you know, I, I, I check my notifications pretty frequently and I, I know which posts are getting likes and which aren't. And like, as long as I post like an interview with someone and it gets like five likes or 10 or 15 or two, like if anyone enjoyed it or was, well, there's one comment, someone saying like, hey, I checked out this game or like, Hey, this was a good interview, or like, hey, I found this person, or one person follows them a co-host. Like, I think that's a victory. Like, yeah, isn't that the goal? I mean, like playing indie apocalypse stuff, and like, I'm like, is is the goal not for at least one other person to play this and say that like it connected with them? Like, I feel like yeah, we have to start there and then see where it goes from there. Right, right. I mean, even with indie apocalypse, my own personal goals, I I don't expect everyone to like really resonate with every game in an issue. But I expect, like, someone will be, like, I hope in each issue someone's like, oh, this is a game that was made for me that I didn't know existed before. Right. But it's, like, it, it like maybe it's exactly in my wheelhouse. Maybe it opens me, maybe it opens them up to, like, a different uh, perspective of design. It, like, it, 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 it broadens their horizons or reinforces what they're looking for, but with a new author and all those sorts of things. It's why I started doing the the, the the top ten lists or the the uh, un enumerated list of ten games. Yeah, I think that's great, and you know, I've been, I've been playing indie apocalypse games and taking some notes on a Google Doc just in case. Uh, right. It's my my turn in the ring. <laughs> yeah, that is, and I mean that is me. Every every I make no secret that everything I do is stolen from somebody else. And and that is <laughs> that that's what Criterion does every month. They have a. You know, they have a t they have like their top ten list from like some filmmaker. You know, right? Because they have what like a thousand movies. So, and I think that's really it's really in every art form. I think that's really from an audience perspective of look browsing. I think that's yeah. all anyone is looking for is for like an endorsement from at least one person. Like, right. no, nobody. You know, I think people are reluctant to buy a steam game that has no reviews you know like people just want like did someone can someone just give me the thumbs up on this not not, not to like just because they give it a thumbs up i'm going to like it but just like you want that sort of like human endorsement of like this connected with someone you know maybe it'll connect with me too yeah yeah i mean the reason i uh cracked open my cassavetti's box set is my next thing to watch is because i saw a woman under the influence on like three or four lists like right after one after another and I was like, I guess I ought to actually watch this movie finally. Yeah, it's it's the gentle shove that I think we all need to try something that we have always been meaning to do. Right. This which 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 is is like it's the guilty spot that I find myself in, which is like I want to play more of these alternative games, but I never like carve out the time on purpose to play right. them. So then when I'm stuck between like this AAA game and this AA game and this big indie game and whatever, and I was like, you know. I'm going to have to like force myself to carve out the time to play these games that I would like if I just play them. 
Right, it, and it's and it's harder, I think, to to because it, it's also very self isolating. You know, nobody. It's easier to play something like you know, even within the indie space, to play like Cult of the Lamb because a lot of people are talking about Cult of the Lamb. So you get that like, you can either actually talk about it or get that secondhand feeling of like people are talking about it with me. Yes, exactly. Which I think like a lot of people like we underrate how powerful that feeling is. Yeah. Right, of like feeling included, or if you, or you can be like a weird freak like me, where you love to <laughs> to be to be uh, uh, unrelatable. <laughs> you love to live in the in the niches and the right. fringes. Right, right, but that's also it's it's very like isolating, like almost intentionally so. And even in that case, it's I just think when there's one other person there in the fringe with you to talk about it with, I think it's just so much more. It can be so much more fulfilling to have at least one or two people to talk about something with. Yeah, yeah. When when I can talk about someone, talk to someone about conservation, I love it. It's. <laughs> but how many other people out there have played this game? Like this visually intense, like uh, what, like what is it? Like five or ten minute long game from like a Brazilian indie developer. It's only available on itch. It's like nobody or like you know i say nobody but like flipo playing it but also is like it's, it's i think it's why this kind of thing has to exist because and why you know indie games of co-host it has to exist because there are you, you can't wait for things to become popular <laughs> in order to try and like them right because they may never become popular and that's how you, it's it's how you build out like the cult canon. It's how it's why you can buy the shags still, you know, because <laughs> somebody out there cares. Some some passionate weird right. out there. <laughs> it's like yeah, this 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 musically uninclined trio. <laughs> what if we just preserve them forever? Right, and I'm and I'm sure you, and I'm sure you're just like me, where it's like. I'm sure neither of us are under any illusion that like the things that we run are going to like change the internet forever or, no. or make some sort of impact that is like statistically significant to anyone's bottom line or but like we could like like it could happen so why isn't it you know worth trying you know yeah if it if it helps one person's life then it's like it was worth making the co-host page it took 2 seconds to make the co-host page right right <laughs> And then you know, took dedicated labor of setting up pages every day. But other sure, than that, sure, like, sure. but like, uh, uh, you know. Uh, but I'm sure it's the same for you. Like, I enjoy doing it. So, like, yeah, I, I don't know if, how to if, not do if, it. <laughs> yeah, if we if we enjoy doing it, then like, and anyone who enjoys giving something a shout out, I think should give things a shout out. Is, is that not you know what social media exists for in like a positive sense? Is like. You find you found a cool thing, and you want to show the cool thing to you know ten other people. I, I don't know. When I was in my for you tab on Twitter the other day, uh, I saw I saw, I saw there, there was a very different a very different purpose to social media in there. I, I saw a post out for like a, a new Ninja Turtles movie was like that was something effective. Like I've never I have zero interest in watching this movie, but hey, it looks cool, and that is very much like I want to be the person who shares the thing that people want to share. Right. Which is like that that truly cursed part of social media where your own social media feed itself is content. Yeah, I've been trying to like 
I feel like we're, we're, none of us are immune to that, and I've yeah. been having to do some some long looks in the mirror about like what I'm putting out into the world by like pressing tweet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I simply press it much less. It turns out you don't <laughs> actually need to tell anyone about any of the things you enjoy. And then, yeah, the, another thing that attracts me about co-hosts is that it just inherently feels slower. Yeah. I mean, I know they, they purposely don't have like infinite scrolling. I think for that very purpose, like right. the website is meant is meant to feel like the slow lane on the on the highway, like on purpose. And I think like I can't say what the world needs, but I think that's what my brain needs right. more right. than anything. Like, and there's there's something to a site that like lends itself to longer posts, and sometimes they go on. I'm like, I just don't feel like reading this. It's too long. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing yeah. wrong with just uh, not reading it. Right. Right, you don't need to. We survive very long without the internet. We'll survive. You can survive even longer still, you know, without it. It's a weird thing of like. Anyway, speaking of things that have been around for a long time, this show has been going on for a while. Uh, <laughs> but I have a question for you. Uh, the sure the standby question of Indie Apocalypse, the second standby question that the people come here for, and this question is from Mochi, and, and Kyle, I need to know, do you have a favorite Toho character? Oh, my God. Um, so my experience with Toho is, weirdly enough, I've, like, I've dabbled in some of the, like, the main games. Yeah. But there, there's someone made, like, a fighting game, like, a decade ago. Yeah. And like that was my that was my Toho was the fighting game. Um, so I gotta pull up what these characters' names are quick. I know what one is Hatcholi Knowledge, and I used her a lot in the fighting oh. game. Yes, that's, so that's that's gonna that's like the little sickly librarian witch devil. Yes, and then and, and this was a this was a fighting game that was very like magic based. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people at the time called it like a Dojin fighter. You know, to like describe the subgenre, so like you're like firing off like thousands of bullets into the air. It's like very different from like Street Fighter. Uh, I used to play as Patchouli, and um, there was like a maid with knives. Oh yes, I don't know. Is that uh, not knife maid Toho? Is, is I think it begins with an S. Is it Sakuya? Yes, yes, Sakuya, yes. Those were those were my mains, so that's that's how I'm going to answer that question. Okay, I, and I th I think they are both within the Scarlet Devil Mansion, which is uh, my for for my limited Toho, my preferred aesthetic uh, or collection of characters. Uh, do, do they come? Do they come in different sets? Is I I don't I think if that's a location that a lot of the uh, people hang out with hang out in. There's like vampires and witches or something over there. That's where the people have like the weird gem wings, I think. All right. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I think this is my favorite Toho vibe. Okay. Crystal yeah. wings, vampires, and knives. Time stopping knife maid. I play it. Uh, uh, she also stars in uh, Team Ladybugs. Uh, uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night adjacent um, uh, search action game. They made a Toho one that is very. They also made a record of the Little Oswar game that is just uh, aesthetically and like mechanically Symphony of the Night. 
but more level based. Oh, I, I played a little bit of that one. Oh, I. So you've seen my my favorite part in video games in the most in like recent video gaming where the chapters start by the die rolling down and I like yeah yeah I fell in love with that I was like this is like a perfect part of this is art this is a perfect piece of design oh my god it's so well done it's such a simple it's such a simple thing but yeah anyway my only experience with the record of Lodos War otherwise is I think. There was like a flash game on Cartoon Network for it, and it was long and confusing. I didn't want to play it. There was a flash game for Record of Lotus War on Cartoon Network. I think so. Because they, I think, I think Record of Lotus War is part of Toonami, like the early. Oh, that's that's fascinating. I had no idea. Right, right. Who is? It was the boring show with this. It was a slow, boring show with the with the soldiers or whatever that I didn't watch. (laughs) But. Like, Look, I got I got one up. Ep- I I was gonna watch it recently. I got one episode in, and I'm I'm still on episode one. So I really need to dedicate myself to push onward. Yeah, I I I like the aesthetic. I anime wise, I think I prefer that aesthetic towards a more modern. You know, if there if if there is like a house style, you know, prevailing aesthetic. Because of course, even within every era, there are like distinct aesthetics, but. My my mistake was right before watching Record of Lotus War, I watched The Slayers. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yes. I think I saw part of Slayers at a friend's house because their older sister was watching it. Somebody so I loved, like, I loved it. Just... I never, I'd never seen it as a kid, and I just like binged the whole thing like a year ago, and I loved it. And I saw, I look it up, people are like, oh, what people used to always say on forums was that Record of Lotus War was what they thought their D&D campaign was like, and Slayers was what their D&D campaign was actually like. So I feel like I watched them in the wrong order. Yes. Well, wait, was Slayers also based off a D&D campaign? No, but it's, it's okay. pulling from those tropes. You are, it's right, it's right. almost like a, par- it's like a parody. Yes, yes. Well, because well, Lodos, I'm sure you know, is literally based off a D&D campaign. Yes, which is, I think, is a very, very cool idea. Yeah. That, that Even that idea of... I bought a book of like someone's transcribed D and D campaign. Really- yeah, we should get more of that. En- enough of this like actual play Twitch stream stuff. I'm I'm ready ready for the novelizations. Yes, I'm yes. That is that's a whole other weird thing that's taken off that I was never expecting. But anyway, uh, uh, I I had a thought, but then it left me. It was something about... Oh, in Slayers, is there a part where there's, like, a lake and someone either dies or turns to stone? And maybe there's a raised uh, uh, plateau near the lake? That sounds familiar. Yes, I think that... That's that's a vague memory I have of what I think is Slayers. (laughs) (laughs) The other weird thing about Slayers is, like, it is very weird that there's a character in Dota 2 that is still called Lena. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I found. I, I was looking through all the like trivia on the Wikipedia page, and it's like there's a Dota character that was directly inspired by the protagonist, and I'm like, what? And it's like they're still named that, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, it is super weird because uh, you know, it is. Do they still? Call, okay, they don't. It is. They don't do not. They don't go so far as to call Alina inverse. <laughs> but it is. It's very weird. It is just like it's. It feels like the last one of the last lineages of like uh, people just making a bunch of anime games in StarCraft and Warcraft. 
is like the person who made Dota liked Slayers a lot and put one of put his favorite anime character in there, I imagine. And her and her attack is still called Dragon Slave, which is the name of the attack from the show. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think all the names are is is Laguna is Laguna Blade one of them too? I think it's just like Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's basically just like an anime wars character, but within uh Dota. I That's prefer- amazing. I hope that I I hope they never change it now. Yeah, I, as a child, as a, as a child and teen, I preferred Anime Wars because the people who played Dota were too serious. <laughs> and and that, how did that work out for you in the long run? Uh, I think I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was gonna say it feels like Dota won won the war in the end. Well, no, League of Legends won the war. <laughs> I guess that's true. I'm sure people played Dota, but let's be let's be let's be real. I, I sometimes <laughs> feel like there was this culture where like people in games press just liked Dota more, so they thought it was bigger, but it never was. Right. I, I felt like the exact same thing happened with um, Players Unknown Battlegrounds. I felt yeah. like every journalist I knew loved that and, and was like unaware that Fortnite had already surpassed the the sort of pop culture moment of PUBG. Right. Right. And it's like it's this very weird thing. Like no, like. Uh, yeah. I, I think it also has to do with Valve's, like, the way they show off their prize pool, which also feels very, very eSports bullshit when, like, the major, the, the World Series doesn't be like, the MLB's prize pool. It's like, that's not sports. That's e-sports. Yeah, it, it feels more, it, it feels more like a, like a poker tournament would, right. would advertise themselves that way. Right, which is like, that's how you can, It might be, in, that might be indicative of something deeper about Valve. Yeah, yeah, I... I that I I think uh, you can tell if something is a, still a, a fake esport if they brag about their prize pools, except for uh, fighting games, which are the true uh, esport. They just don't have money. <laughs> they just don't have. They 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 they, ha- they have to do that. Right. But it's also truly the purest form of electronics. Anyway, anyway, I asked my toe a question. That's how I'm supposed to end the show. That's how I'm getting. That's how I'm getting close to the end. Have you ever stumped someone with that? I need to know if I did a good oh, job o- on that one. No, often, often people don't even know what Toho is. Oh, so I, I nailed it. Yeah, yeah, you you were able to pull up a character name. I had Petroli knowledge in my in my holster. Yes, you were ready. Most people, actually, one person did say like Ultraman because, uh, they were thinking Toho, like T O H O. I think I think they just. I think they deserve bonus points for that. I think that's a totally valid answer. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm like, yeah, actually, that is a that is a toe. I don't know if Ultraman's a toe character or if, or if they said Ultraman, but yes, that is also the rubber suit style. Because I think it's probably supposed to say it differently, like to to emphasize. Oh yeah, yeah. Are using there, but I'm an American. Yeah, I, have, I haven't quite cracked that yet. I know I'm doing it wrong, but I don't know how to do it wrong. Right, right, and there's, uh, but yeah, most people I think get what we're going with with the, uh, uh, you know, the, the the shrine maidens, and the bullet hells. Right. Yes. Which is which is itself, uh, like a a genre of expression, you know. <laughs> yeah, is, like like uh, expressing yourself through bullet patterns. Right, right, like. Toho is very distinct through its music and its like its its mechanics, but also like it is not <laughs> the the dialogue in Toho games is not uh, serious and gripping and emotionally wrought. 
but people, people uh, we don't have time to get into this, but people have certainly spun it into their own interpretation yes, that yes. has been emotionally. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, there is, there, there is more time than I ever have on the show to talk about how fascinating Toho is like conceptually. You got to put the Toho question halfway through the show, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we can talk about, isn't it really cool that someone just is like, hey, uh, do whatever you, you can make games with my characters for money and all this it's, stuff? He also, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for someone else to do it. I'm waiting for someone else to be brave like that. We live in a world of cowards, guys. I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll volunteer. I'll make a game, and then I'll let everyone do it. Right. I'll I I will make a game with a lot of memorable characters that people are drawn to, and then I'll let them make fan. And then I'll let, I'll let them go. If you love something, you have to let it go and let the yeah. world have it. But uh, it's also Zune, uh, if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, he always seems like he's having a good time. <laughs> Whenever all the pictures I've seen with him are like, he's got a big, he's got a huge like. A, one of those huge mugs of beer, and he's smiling. That's all I care about. I hope he's having a good time. He deserves it. Yeah, it seems like. Hey, I'm. I, I, I like. I like these bullet hells. Yeah, all these pictures. He's got like a beer in a lot of these pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm happy for him. Yeah. Yeah, just like hey, you know, out there. Out there, living your best life. Making, you're like, I want to put a lot of bullets. And I want to drink beer. Uh, I'll interview him. If, if he gets a co-host, I'll interview him. Yeah, does he have... Does he have a co-host? You think co-host? he's an interesting co-host? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what his... What his also, I don't know what like his, his proficiency in English is. Could be fully... <laughs> It could be zero, it could be a hundred, we're not quite sure. Right, right. Could be anywhere in between. But anyway, um That is that's 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 the show I would think. Um Thanks so much for having me. Was this more pessimistic than the conversations usually are? No, no. Was it pessimistic? <laughs> I don't think it was. No, it was, I, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of optimism about what we do. And right. Well, I everything think, else is the the uphill battles looking very dark. Right, right. I think it's because we found we it's a it's a solo show with uh, two people who are kind of doing similar things, yeah. and, and recognizing that like, will it ever make a difference? I appreciate you having me on to have this venting session between the two of us. Yeah, yeah. It is, and I think yes, I think it's. Uh, if if I gave someone sixty dollars that they didn't have previously, I think that makes a difference, you know. But absolutely. I think it makes a difference to be published for the first time. I think it makes a difference to be interviewed for the first time. Yes. Yeah. I think I think it can. I think game development and just like art creation in general can be extremely self isolated or can be extremely isolating if you like don't, especially if you don't have like a a community. And game development lends itself less to being in physical spaces with other people and right like, yeah it's kind of lonely by nature right right and so if you, if you don't find the right community and also like communities seem annoying or like community forming is so like uh, this like discord driven you never know if somebody wants you uh, 
a lot of people want you to be part of their community, you know? Right. Rather than a, a, a mutual collection of people. But... Uh, I guess as long as we all find as long as we all find each other somehow in the end. <laughs> right, 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 right. And we don't and we don't get on each other's nerves too much. No, I I'm I'm good at not getting on uh, people's nerves, I think, generally speaking. Or even if I am, I uh I don't I cannot be nerves cannot be gotten on me <laughs> or, or something, you know. I, I have no patient I have no uh energy to be mad at people <laughs> i got that's things a good, that's a good outlook that's a good outlook I, I i'm in my 30s and i have a job i have other things to do than be, <laughs> mad, at people, than be mad at people on twitter i think that's a good that's a good way to think of it that's 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 a that's a team's game <laughs> but anyway um uh yeah yeah because there's I think there's a lot of um, what is it? There's 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 genuine uh, uh, concerns that people take up, but then there's also a lot of uh, ingenuine concerns that people take up, and uh, the latter is like uh, the real the real bane of the internet. Yeah, and honestly, not that I'm like. I'm not paid to advertise co-hosts, but I think if you want to help curate some of that, I think some of these other platforms yes. are a good way of sort of like cutting through the noise. And then like people you follow will write like a long form piece about something that matters and you can read that. Right, right. They're, they're, not, they're, not, doing it, they're not doing it for the retweets. Right. Because the latter, the insignificant uh, drama is also like 99% people uh, quote tweet dunking on someone with 80 followers. <laughs> Right, yeah. And arguments between people who will never know each other. Dunking on like a fourteen year old. Yes, precisely. It's not actually a fourteen year old who a fourteen year old who admittedly said like the worst thing on the planet but also is like a child. Right, right. It's very rarely people who know each other and have actual grievances with each other. It is it is generally people who uh, will often dunk on each other and then forget about it but yeah it's it's rough to watch it all happen constantly 10,000 other people also join in on the dunking after the first person is long forgotten right but anyway there i've i've given you the bummer you demanded there we go yeah we found it we found the pessimism that i accused yeah. us of I, I snuck in that pessimism last minute really i'm not that pessimistic about it it's just i don't have I was like, oh, how can I, how can I, how can I weasel in a little, a little bit of it last minute? And then I, I as you can tell, <laughs> found it hard to even commit to it. <laughs> but, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll end on a happy note and say for all your listeners, they should head to co-hosts. You don't even have to have an account to look at posts. You should go to indie games of co-hosts. You can read interviews. You can see cool new games. You should check out Indiepocalypse if you haven't checked out Indiepocalypse and just have a good time. Perfect. That is the, yeah, you, you did the thing I need you to do, which was to promote your stuff. You didn't even, did uh, it, uh, I beat you. I beat you to the punch. Well, I, I'll agree with that. And the beauty of indie games of co-hosts is there's nothing else named that. So 
I'm I, the URL is probably something like indiegamesofcohost.com. Yeah, I I I nabbed it as fast as I can nab it. Yeah, I thought of like, should I get IndiePocus? Like, I don't care. <laughs> yep. So to do the proper plug, it is it is cohost.org/indiegamesofcohost. Yes. That's it. And I I I I accidentally closed my window where I copied that link because I have all those links there. I, I I'm up there as. Uh, uh, not any apocalypse, because the brand will never take over. The brand is the brand will never take over the person. Right, I'm I'm a person, not a not a brand. I'm a person, not a logo, not a not a not a collection of catchphrases. And more importantly, these are collections of games, not a uh, you know. A th- you know, you're not buying Indie Apocalypse, you're buying Indie Apocalypse, which is also 10 different games. In order for you to buy Indie Apocalypse, which is 10 different games, you can head over to IndiePocalypse.com or IndiePocalypse.com slash Patreon. Or if you want to join it, you can go to IndiePocalypse.com slash submit. And it's very easy to do. And then you might, there's, you can go to IndiePocalypse.com slash starter or slash um what's the word i'm looking for i I think i called it 10 picks um if you want to if you're like oh i don't know where to start or i bought this first issue and now i don't know where to go from here but it seems very cool there's i am increasingly finding ways to uh help people navigate this impressive back catalog (laughs) If you if you go to cohost.com, uh what 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 am I on cohost? Am I like pizzapranks.cohost.com? You're yeah, cohost.org slash pizza pranks. That's me, yes. You can see uh, Will Wright running away. If you see Will Wright running away from Bowser, you know you found the right spot. <laughs> that's that's the true best part of cohost is that it lets me uh, have gifts. Yeah. As my header. You can go there, and my most recent post is a. Uh, oh, I should really shrink this. This I I gotta add a read, more to this thing. It's too big. Uh, this is this is this is new co-host etiquette. It put the read more. You never want to spam someone's timeline. That's my. I'm not trying to take up space on anyone's monitor. Yes, yes, no, I. That was that was that was my intro post. I think back when I was assuming it would do it automatically. Right. But, if you if you go to that co-host site and eventually on my website, you will see I made the first I made my first of uh, Indie Apocalypse double features is something I'm trying to do now. Which uh, it features Ten Mississippi and Maps of a Known World and it's like games that uh, you you play together you pair them they, oh. they share conceptual ideas and these are both. 10 Mississippi is stop motion, uh, photo- uses stop motion photography. Mass of the Known World uses a full motion video, uh, like home movies. And they are both like this exploration of like different varying degrees of, inti- of personal intimacy and how we, and using like a real life footage to explore, to like, and like not as a, uh, and like what that means in like games if you just think of like real life footage is not merely like a graphical treatment but like as an integral part of the games themselves and as me writing about games in indie apocalypse 
uh, and I'm gonna I want to keep trying to do that because I think it's uh, both I should write about them, but also I should um, <laughs> I think it's uh, I need to find new ways to sell 400 games. I'm looking at it right now. I lo- I love this this double feature. Yeah, it's, it's great. Also, I mean, not nine. That's ninety percent stolen from Criterion, and because the other ten percent is, I mean, double features are things that exist. Yeah, but they have the same problem I have, where they have a massive library of important artistic works, and how do you sell them month after month when you when you are equally when you when you value all of the pieces of the library equally, you know. The answer is steal a little bit from Criterion. Steal a lot of it, like they're 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 good. They're big. They're a nice big example of art curation. So they have a lot of editorial stuff and a lot of they do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to borrow those ideas. I mean, a lot of people aren't doing it in games, so we gotta we gotta find inspiration elsewhere. Right, right, yes, or or they're doing it and uh, they're hard to find and they're smaller than me. And yeah, As, yeah, I guess I should. They they are doing it. It's just hard to find. Right, there there are like your, your like your no escape uh, and your criticals and uh, deep hells, indie yeah. game hell, indie hell zone. There's there 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 you know. Uppercut has been like uh, ongoing, you know, is, is also on, on top of that is a good place to like uh, get people jobs within the industry for as long as those <laughs> last, you know? Right. It, it's like that is the other thing of like, how do you break into like uh, get who publishes you for the first time? There are people who are doing that work kind of work too because you also need to get published uh, to write about things to, to get to those platforms. But Right. Well, you you and I are just putting one more brick in that foundation that, yes. that those groups have started. Right, right. It's all it's all someone has always come before you. No one's ever That's why I always whenever I say something that uh a qualitative statement of indie apocalypse, I always make sure to put monthly on it because technically speaking, no, nothing else has been monthly. Is it the most <laughs> profitable anthology or certainly not? Certainly not the most popular. But it, but is, it is monthly. But if but if it's <laughs> that's monthly, what, that's what she got going for you. It's monthly. It isn't most popular if you're talking about monthly ones. <laughs> because I like that. It's still the only one. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I'm shutting the show down. This is enough of this. All right. I don't mean that. Thanks so like, much for having me. This this is enough of this bullshit. More like this is enough of I'll well, I'll just keep going and talking. Well, we can collectively shut it down. Yeah, yeah. So, Kyle, thank you for being here and uh, holding down the fort solo sesh for almost two hours. Of course. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to leave with the regular theme song. Goodbye. <laughs>